Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Kingdom 101 Relationships. It's Wednesday night, and that means it's Astounding Love, a Global Church Fellowship's Wednesday night Bible study. I'm Pastor Lanzine Lee, and I am teaching remotely tonight. Yes, I am. I uh, give you greetings from my actual hotel room here in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, where I'm here for the uh Loving Unity broadcast. So we're going to pray. I'm going to, this is pre-recorded as y'all know. And uh, yes, I'm in, in the South area. So I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of y'all stuff. <laughs> anyway, this is pre-recorded. So we are, uh, you'll see this a little bit later in the day. And I have some thoughts that I want to share that are a pickup from last week. So let's go ahead and open in prayer and then let's get to the wonderful conversation that we're going to have. It's a discussion. It's a teaching. I seem to have a lot of conversations, but it's a discussion. It's a teaching. It's a release of the heart of God to all of us. And Father, we praise you and we thank you tonight as we come before you in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, giving you honor, giving you praise, giving you glory and thanking you for the power of your word as you work in us. I thank you for the hearts of every person, every man, woman, boy or girl that hears this word, hears these words and hears this message. That the words will enter into us and it will penetrate and do the things that you desire for them to do. And I thank you and I praise you tonight that you anoint me, Holy Spirit, that you are the anointing and you rise up in me so that what comes out of my mouth is the heart of the Father for us all. That there is no judgment, there is no criticism, there's no fault finding with any, but simply the truth, the unvarnished truth of the word of God and the heart, the love of the Father for us. And I praise you and I thank you for that in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Where I want to pick up and what I want to talk about. Last week I talked um, and it was really a plea from the heart of God for men and women to stop. Uh, being so desperate for a relationship. But what I want to do now is kind of is is to go back and let's start looking at the word of God and let's find identity. And we're still talking relationships. And as you know, as we've been going on over the weeks, we've talked about being a friend to yourself and receiving God as a friend, receiving the Holy Spirit as our our friend. Because as he talks to us, as he ministers to us, we begin with identity and we start finding out who we are according to the word of God. That's what enables us then to be a friend to ourselves, meaning we're not going to mistreat ourselves or allow evil thoughts, thinking that is opposite of what God has to say. We're not going to allow that to enter into our into the atmosphere of our mind or into the atmosphere of our heart. But instead, we're going to take the word and we're going to receive what God has said and make that the only truth that we have. So we have one source of truth. Another thing that in, in the opening of this whole Bible study that we've been doing, we talked about journaling, personal journaling, which I some people do, some people don't. I can talk about it. I'm, I'm good at it for weeks. And then all of a sudden I forgot and I come back and I have these half finished journals, but I've started to get a lot better at it because it helps me to see where I was. And, and, and when I start to stray away 
allowing my emotions to take me away from, from my decisions, which can, it will, emotions will challenge you. Negative emotions will challenge the decisions that you have made for righteousness. But when we keep filling ourselves with the truth of what God has said, then we have an in an inside weapon, an inside defense mechanism, which is the word of God that will fight for us. And so one of the things in the journaling that we had talked about was the idea of developing the ability to love ourselves by way of God's love for us. It is not self-love, but it's the love of God that he has put in us for each of us. God gave you love for yourself. It's his love for you that he wants to release in you. So it's a submission and a receiving or allowing his love to have preeminence in your life. And, and many of us, the challenge question with that in the journaling notes, the first set of notes, in fact, was how do you see this working in you? Do you see how the love of God can change your direction and take you into places where righteousness is working on your behalf, where grace works on your behalf, where, where healing and love and all the, 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 the things of God, the, the peace of God, the fruit of the spirit, where it works on your behalf instead of you struggling, trying to attain it. And by the way, if you hear wind in the background, Oklahoma has a lot of wind, I'm here to tell you. And one of the things I did now, and also in the notes, let me let me do this. Write down your insights, your discoveries, and the areas of pers of necessary growth. Where do you need to grow? Where are you undeveloped? You need to pay attention to your areas of anger or guilt or bitterness or shame or discouragement, whatever those happen to be, because those are not contributors to, to victory. They are detractors. And they don't develop the friendship. It does not develop the relationship with the spirit of God or allow you to have a, a, an ability or me to have the ability to receive his love, which we need, especially when discouragement or any of these other things try to come at us. So having said that, that's all key uh, to what we're talking about in terms of relationships, male-female relationships. You know, Valentine's Day was just a few days ago. And um, people, some people got engaged, some people got married, some people got separated, some people had babies. There's all kinds of things. Life happened on that Monday, this past Monday, just as it happens every day. But some people put all of their, their source for joy or happiness in terms of what kind of day that was. Did you get taken out to dinner? Did somebody give you candies or flowers or trinkets or jewelry or whatever it happened to be? And if that did not happen for you, then maybe it was not in your mind the best possible day. And those are the types of things that we have to look at and say, no, that's not how I order my life. I'm going to order it according to the word of God, not according to my emotions and my feelings and and things that that the world that go on in the world as though those world events can define who my identity but but the bible the word of god that's where our identity is defined now what i did instead of journaling and this is really old but i'm going to show you something that started actually oh a good maybe 20 almost 20 years ago I started this. This was my kind of journaling. I'm showing you the original prototype for a book that I was writing. And what I did is I took scriptures. I know you can't see it very well, but I took scriptures and I wrote them down on these little three by five cards or actually I typed them and then I cut them up and I printed them on a um, they're just dropping all over the place. I'm actually right turning them into a different kind of book. But what these were, I, I know you can't see it, but those were. Um, 
affirmations of a sort of what I called yeses to God. And then what I did is I took it into a PowerPoint level. So these are called notes to self. And it's the same content that is on those three by five cards. And what I did is I started turning it into a little flip book for myself so that I would have a remembrance of different things. And so we actually are doing some things with this, one of my uh, business partners and I, but I wanted you to show it because it said notes to self, joy and personal growth affirmations. And this is where I, I might've mentioned to you, um, I've told the Astounding Love people, but I have other folks that are joining us. But years ago, when I was in a place where I was desperate for a relationship and I was desperate to prove to those that had hurt me that somebody would want me and I would chase after men and I would do a lot of these kind of things because I didn't have identity. I was looking for somebody else to define me. And the spirit of the Lord began to work in me with these scriptures. This, this is actually where the life changed. These were done, I believe, around, I'm not even going to tell you, but it's been a good 15, 20, almost yeah, about 15 years ago, I think is when this started. And so what I started to do is to just write down. He said, what kind of things do you like? What kind of things do you, you know, make you smile? And I started just jotting little things down. And then I started finding these things in the word. And the more that I found scriptures in the word of God that, that described a certain type of woman, I wanted to be her. I saw it in Proverbs, in, in not just chapter 31, but in earlier verses, and I found it in, I, I found it in all kinds of, of, of different places. I started, he said, well, what do you look like? What do you see? What, what does marriage look like to you? And believe me, I didn't have any of that going on, but he gave me Proverbs uh, 24, verses three and four, that says, through skillful and godly wisdom, my house, my life, my home, and my family is being built. By understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. And by knowledge shall the chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So those were some of the things. And then he gave me Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. And they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And from that began to be all of the different things that the Lord was speaking to me. So I may reference back to that again. I don't really have a table here. I have a little uh, step stool. So I, I want to come back to that. But what I want to talk about now, we've, I've given you kind of an idea of how things started for me. And in keeping with that, how those things started, I want to look in the word of God, because we're going to talk about something that uh, I want you to understand. And that is the fact that God created us uh, when we became born from above, when we were cleansed by the blood of the lamb, when we received uh, the giftings that he had for us, one of the gifts that he gave us was purity. He gave us, uh, he cleaned us up. He gave us a clean heart. He gave us uh, the mind of Christ so that we would have the understanding of what pleased the father. Unfortunately for many of us, we came into churches and religious kind of orders where we were taught about good behavior. And you've heard me many times, and anybody that's read Kingdom 101 knows that, that I say I came in on the obedience plan, <laughs> or not the obedience, but the, um, the the behavior modification plan. And so the basically I was like, I'm just going to change what I'm like, and I'm just going to 
um, I'm just going to be what I need to be. I'm just going to do, you know, do things a certain way or, or, and I'm just going to be good. That was, that was my whole thing. I'm going to be good. I'll just be good. And I couldn't be good. I, I just really couldn't be good. I tried, but, but it was all based on, on myself. And so I still had the ways of the world. I just cleaned it up a little bit. I mean, I was promiscuous very much so. And I lived out there in, in the natural world where sex was not a sin. It was something that you tried to get, uh, whether you were married or not, you know, that was still something you wanted to do. I hung out in bars and clubs and things and did all the stuff that we thought was a good time when you were in your early twenties and, or any, and I guess I know folks that did that same kind of thing in their forties and fifties and, and it just goes on and on because they wanted to be in the nightclub atmosphere. So that was kind of the world I knew. And I had some detrimental things happen and I came in uh, to the kingdom of God. But well, I came into the to Christianity. I was born again. I said the prayer and this time it, it took and I want it to be. And I decided I was going to be good because the world was very mean to me. Now, I didn't know it was called the world. Um, it was just the things that I used to do. So when I came in, I still thought the same way. I didn't know I had a new mind. I didn't know that I, I was able to do things differently. I wasn't told in those days because that's not what people really told you. You have the mind of Christ now. Your mind can, has been baptized into the things of God and you're able to move and, and, in, and live and have your behavior in a totally different manner. But I didn't know I was free to change. I just thought that it was something that God was going to do. And that I was just going to have a passive part. I didn't understand about choices. And so I was still kind of uh, uh, trampy, I guess. Is, uh, I was free, you know, promiscuous, except that I wasn't. I said, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. It was like the spirit of the Lord um, just kind of led me. I said, you know what? I think I'll just give up sex for a while. Um, <laughs> and I did. And then I found out that it was a sin unless you were married. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. And I've, I've told the story many times. It's like, I thought that that was a conspiracy. Now, all of a sudden, I'm a Christian. And I guess I have to be married if I want to have sex. So now I got to find a husband. But I went to a church where there weren't any single men. Or there were more single women than there were men. So the men had their choices. And they chose others beside, uh, other women beside me, other than me. And so that was pretty discouraging. Now you think, you know, all right, I'm, I'm in the church. I got to go, you know, you got to do this. You got to do that. And I think that's where it starts. It's like, there's this, this, this thing that's told, well, you know, it's better to be married than it is to be single. It's it. And it's this to this, and it's this to this. And none of that is true. Here's what is so, regardless of whether you are married or you are um, uh, waiting to be married, unmarried, or whatever, however you want to phrase the current state that you were in, you were called to purity regardless. Now, when we define this word, we are not defining it according to the, the ways of uh, just to be good and prayerful and always dress a certain way and always act a certain way. And you're always polite and you're sweet and you're this and that. That's not what we mean. Because you see, those are outward behaviors that you can do and still have um, have things going on in your heart that 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 will get you into trouble or get you into a bind or get you locked into a situation that you don't want. You know, I do another program with five of my friends. It's called Divinely Designed 21st Century Women. And some of you have seen it. And on that program um, that's coming up, we had to pre uh, we pre-recorded our uh, next week's program. And uh, we had done it based on some conversation that happened in, in the, the program that just aired on February 14th. And in that, 
one of our team um, mates, one of our, our, our friends, um, she was sharing about coming out of a, not only a toxic relationship, but a predatory relationship that she got into because of pain and hurt and this and that and the other. And because now you to look at her, she's just as sweet as pie and she's just as adorable as she wants to be. And she really is. And, and so all of that was true, but that internal thing that was going on in her would not allow her to see herself the way that God does. And so because she looked right, she looked clean on the outside, but the inside of her had been damaged. And that's not, that's what we're talking about. It's that you can look good, like a whitewashed tomb on the outside, but the inside of you is it's not going to be the same way. Okay. And so what we had to do, oh, okay, guys, I've got to pause because um, I've just got, uh, let me see. Um, we, um, I have housekeeping coming here too. So it was kind of weird. Um <laughs> It's late afternoon. We're live, but I'm not live and I'm not stopping. I'm just going to continue on. Okay. So the thing is, is that she looked right and would basically be called a good person. But the purity had been defiled because of the ways of the world. And so this is where we start looking at our lives and going, what can I do? How do I change? What do you mean by purity? Because it means clean on the inside. It means that the blood of Jesus, that, the, that the, the spirit of God occupies every place in us, that the thoughts that he thinks toward us are the thoughts that we live with and that we embrace, that we allow, that in everything that we do, we give first place to, to God. We seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And so he's able to come in and he's able to cleanse the things that, that uh, you know, to work in the areas of, of the things that concern us. And those are the levels and the degrees that we have to walk in. And I don't mean have to like a gun is put to you, but I mean, it's what God wants to protect. It's our chastity. It's our purity. It's our single-minded devotion and commitment to him, to God and God alone. One source for truth, one source for personal standards, one choice for morals, one source, I should say, for morals, one choice for the for, for walking in integrity. This is the purity. And there is a spirit of harlotry, the spirit of the harlot, of the, of the evil one that comes and seeks to defile. And so, as I told you, when I came in to this, all of these things, I still thought the way of the world. I thought you had to hunt. You had to be sexy. You have to be this. You have to be that in order to get a man's attention. And that's not at all what the Lord was saying to us or to me. But this is what I believed. Okay. And so this spirit, Isaiah 54, 17, if you would look over there, it, it tells us, and I kind of try to pull this up here too. Okay. When you look at Isaiah chapter 54, which is a very familiar one for warfare um, things that we talk about. And it reads that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And that every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall prove or you shall condemn. And that this is your heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Now, that last part, their righteousness is of me. 
That is our defense against the spirit of harlotry because this darkness that comes, these, and I know there's a lot of names and people want to name, you know, former queens and this and that and the other, that this spirit and all of that is real, but I'm not interested in giving emphasis on that. I'm interested in giving emphasis on the spirit of God and the purity that comes. You see, when you focus, whoever, whatever you focus on, that's that's what you be, you you major on then that's that's the that's the that's where your pursuit is pursue holiness pursue righteousness pursue the spirit of god and he, because he is holy because he is righteous those are the things that shall come and come to you and come into you as well so here he said no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper it shall not overcome you it shall not overtake you it shall not dominate but what the bible does not say is that no that the weapons will not form they shall absolutely be formed and that word there is the no no weapons of trouble no weapons of your enemy um no weapons let me see what else do i have here it will it will not no no human activity no divine or dark activity no none of these things that that have come that they will not have preeminence over you if you allow the righteousness if you will walk in your heritage as a servant as a child as a son of god then his righteousness becomes our righteousness because we are the righteousness of god in and through jesus christ christ jesus so these weapons form and they come. Now, now here's the thing. How do they come? It depends on the place in your life. It depends on the place in your thinking. If it's your appetites, if you're struggling with your physical appearance, your weight or your health, then it's going to come in the form of the temptations of certain types of food or or uh, if you have addictions at all, it can come in terms of shopping. It can come in terms of um, overeating, it can come in terms of over uh, overspending, it can come in terms of drugs or alcohol, I mean, or, or socializing, never wanting to study, it can come in the form of so many different things. It is not a tiny box of vices. It's the whole wide world. It's anything that will get your attention. I'm always needing to be away from home. I'm never going to come out of the house. It's extremes of any kind that will that you hold on to, like a koala bear will hug a tree. You will hold on to an identity that is not God for you because you're so used to um doing things a certain way. So these weapons, Lord, what are, what are the things that are formed against me? And in, because it's attacking the purity of, of, of the word and the purity of his love and the purity of your life in Christ, the things that God has in store for you and me. So they cause us to be unfaithful. Why do they want to form? These weapons are formed against us to cause us to be unfaithful to our bridegroom, to be unfaithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, to be one that turns away from the ways of God and turns toward the ways of man. And, and so you're looking, and this what, what part of what we were talking about last week, and he said, listen, don't pursue a man. Don't pursue a woman. Don't be on the hunt because you weren't called to it. Let me just share my notes. Proverbs, consider this. The hunt for a mate is driven by a sense of despair. It's by a sense of lack. It's by a sense of the world says that you that something is missing from you. You feel incomplete. You feel and it's so it's driven by how you feel. It's emotionally driven. It is not spirit led. 
the spirit of the Lord. There's so many scriptures we'll go through as we get into this more. But he says, I lead you in the way that you should go. I guide you with my eye. I teach you how to prosper. I lead you to a mate that you won't lack a mate for fulfillment because I will cause those your paths to cross. It says that in, in Genesis that the man was asleep and the woman was formed. And then when the man's eyes were open to awaken to who God had for him, that there was a joining. But she also had to go through a preparation period. And so a woman that has to be um, has to get her sexy on is I've heard that expression. I don't really know what it means, but I used it for, for those of you that do understand it. I do understand this. You don't have to. Um, what you do is you allow the beauty of who you are and the grace and the beauty of God, who God is in you. That's what's going to come forth. That's, that's where our purity is always found in him. It's not in what we do. It's in what he did. It's what he has done for us. But when you have a lack of uh, a sense of despair, a feeling that you're the only one left, that nobody loves you and nobody's ever going to want you, you're listening to a lie. It's a lie. I have been single for a very long time. I've been unmarried for a, a number of years, over 20 years. And yes, I have felt the desperation. Yes, there have been times I told you I was on a hunt myself. I was on a hunt. I was trying to find a man. I was trying to find the man. I was trying to find this. I was, you know, and in your head, you got a list. And you got this. If you have a list of all of the qualities of a man that you think are supposed to fit a list, he must be this, he must be this, or you have a list of a one. Most men, their list is a lot shorter. Um, it's probably so got something to do with how she looks, uh, her, her culinary skills, her her bedroom skills, her spending habits, um, uh, whatever. I don't know. It takes a man to, to, to tell you that because I honestly don't know. Women, we probably are list, if we have them, they, they, they're they having to do with their finances. It has to do with his build uh, and package. Uh, it has to do with, yeah, I said it. Um, it has to do with his um, skill sets, all of them. It has to do with his appearance, his wardrobe. What kind of car does he drive? What kind of job does he have? How much money does he have? How much money is he going to be worth? Does he have a house? Is he bankable? I mean, we go through all the problems. Will, will he be a good father? How many children is he have? Does he have baby mama drama? Um, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. I put it to you this way. The greater your insecurity, the longer your list. The more basic your desires, the shorter your list, but that doesn't make your list any better than the long list. What I'm saying to you is throw away the list, flush it, it's, write it on toilet paper and flush it because you're missing the, the, the truth that the identity of who you are, that God has called someone to walk alongside of you. And you're thinking about marriage the way the world does. You're not thinking about it the way the kingdom says it. Not even Christianity fits the kingdom description of a marriage, of a commit, a, a joint mission, an assignment. Um, you're assigned. And let me tell you something about that assignment. It's a supernatural joining together of tribes. And what you were called to do, first of all, is to enjoy each other. You're supposed to love your mate. You're supposed to 
to enjoy your sex life. You're supposed to enjoy your life, your family life, and, and, and whatever it is, you're traveling together or you're sitting across the table, your conversations, your friendship, all of these things are factors. And you're supposed to be uh, able to speak a truth to this person and get to know them because you're getting to know another part of you. This is an extension of strength on both sides, your skill sets, where you fit, what you're called to do together, what your dreams are, how God has put those dreams together and the commissioning of your relationship, of your marriage to go forth and prosper and to, and to be fruitful and to multiply. That doesn't mean always having babies, but it's to, to birth the things of the kingdom into the earth and be fruitful in your works, be successful in your business, be, be uh, joined together and don't let any division come in. Walk together in purity, encourage each other, speak the word. One may be evangelistic and the other is, is a teacher or prophetic or whatever it is. Learn the gifts together. Join in you know, do, do you see, and be part of something that is bigger than you. All of those are parts and portions of, of what a marriage is. It goes way. You have the intimate and then you have the you have the intimacy, each person with the Lord. And then you bring that intimacy into the into every room of your house. And then you take it out to the world to, to be to be able to bring others in. See, so there's there's so much more to it than what we look the way we've looked at it. And so if you are not developing who you are, your sense of identity and your sense of worth, and what I mean by that is that you've got to understand, we have to know that we are worth blood to God. We've got to know this because when we know this, we will walk in it and the quality of the lives of everybody around us will be different, okay? So there is an attack a spirit, a harlot spirit, I call, I, is the way that I've, I've been hearing it. A weapon that has been formed against us to get you off of your call to serve, to, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, to let the love of God fill you and, and flow out of you, to walk in, in the purity of the word of God, the pure, unadulterated word of God, and to let that word dwell in you richly and to give you a sense of your identity and your identification with you are marked by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is in you and dwells in you and leads you and guides you. You, you are, we are the body of Christ. You are seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. You could command and speak the words of the King into the earth to see things take place. And so Proverbs chapter two is a really great passage of scripture because it opens up for us an understanding of, 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 a lack, what what wisdom is and what it isn't. And this young man in this particular passage was told here, my son, I'm reading Proverbs 2, verse 1, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to read it out of the King James right now. Um, and it says, my son, if you will receive my words and hide my commandments with you so that you incline your ear into wisdom, apply your heart to understanding. And if you cry after knowledge, lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver, and search for her as hid treasures, then you shall understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Now, those are essentials for relationship. 
the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, the, the love of God. And that's the hunt. That's the search. We're not hunting for a man or a woman. We are hunting and even hunting is not necessarily the, the best word, but you're searching after the mystery. You're going on the journey, the investigative discovery of the things of God that have to do with this life, the things that we get to unlock in order to fulfill calling. But see, fulfill calling is not a duty. It's a joy. It's a privilege. You're meant to enjoy life richly. And these are the things, these nuggets from the treasure boxes of heaven, the vaults of heaven, the goodness of God. And all of those vaults are hidden in him and they're in his word. And this is what this is what starts to give you that sense of cleanliness. This is why you can be intimate with God and never feel dirty in the morning. You don't feel used. You don't feel disgusted with yourself or ashamed to look at yourself in the mirror because his word makes you, it beautifies us, okay? So he said, you will understand. And that understand, and I'll later, as we go through this, we'll start breaking these words down, but hey, you do it yourself and, and, and start getting these things for you, searching for, seeking wisdom, seeking understanding like silver, seeking it like you would be mining for something amazing and rich. He says, for the Lord gives wisdom and out of his mouth, knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. Remember Isaiah 54, 17, he said, the righteousness is of me. And here it is. He lays up sound wisdom, which is a treasure, which is golden. It is gold. I'm telling you, because wisdom, when it spills into our lives, we make the right decisions. We see things from a place other than our emotions. We see from the spirit. And then so we understand the kind of things that are coming for us. We start looking at things from God's point of view and we stick with God's point of view. He says, so you will understand righteousness and judgment and equity, every good path. Verse 10, it says, when wisdom enters into your heart and knowledge is pleasant unto your soul, when the knowledge of God is pleasant to your mind, to your will, to your emotions, because of the, whose mind we're carrying, the mind of Christ, then what happens? Discretion preserves you. And understanding keeps you. Now, this word discretion has to do with purpose and the ability to, to, to see a plot that is planned against you. It gives you a vision of things that are coming. And so you start to see on the, uh, beneath the layers of a person's intent. Now, in the days of the clubbing and stuff, this was the approach at the bar or the little line that somebody had or the little flutter of this or whatever it happened to be, the flash of something, you know, and you, you discretion didn't keep you because lust was right there. You know, you I'm, I'm, I came here to find me somebody. I came here to do this. I came here to have, I just came to have a good time, but I got to have a good time with, you know, maybe if somebody's worth my effort and, and all the, if they fit all the little boxes and check them off, then, you know, maybe this or that. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff and that still goes on and it goes on in the church. It goes on in places. I know a lot of places don't assemble the same way, but these gatherings where you're eyeballing, trying to see who's got the right this and who looks this and how would I look good with this person and, and do they fit? And most of the time, the selfishness comes very strong. Do they fit my image? Well, do you fit the image of God in Christ? That's really the question you need to ask, because if you are have any image of yourself as well, you know, I got my act together. I have a port 
portfolio. I, I drive a special kind of high-end car. I live in a, at a certain level. I only eat a certain way. I only buy and shop from this, that, and the other. You are thinking wrongly of yourself and you are already uh, lacking understanding. And there is nothing wrong with high-end cars. I like them. There's nothing wrong with this and that and the other. I didn't say it and I don't mean it, but if you think that defines you and that creates your image, you are already off, off track from the things that God is saying. So he says here that um, discretion preserves you. And that word preserve is very important too, because it guards you. The discretion, the wisdom, the ability to see beyond the, the outer trappings. It's like if you've ever been to a town that's neon lit at night, it's beautiful. You go down to certain parts of New York, uh, Times Square is pretty with all the lights and it's at nighttime and it's really happening. And same thing in places in San Francisco or Las Vegas when the neon is shining. But, you know, in the daylight, it doesn't look the same. It doesn't look the same. It's kind of tawdry. It's kind of tired. Why? Because you were dazzled long enough to make the wrong decision. And that's what he's saying. Discretion will keep you from that. It will preserve you. It will guard you, protect you. It can even, it says here, protect and save your life. Okay. And so it says, so for the man who leaves um, the paths of, it delivers you from the way of the evil. From the man that speaks forward things, perversity. These are those nasty little comments or these nasty, you know, pickup lines that are just dirty. I, girl, if I had you, I could do this. Girl, I, I, I could take you. I could, you know what? Mm -mm. Cut it, cut it, cut it. Or boy, let me tell you something. You see what I'm saying? The promises that they make that have everything to do with the flesh, but are weapons that are formed against you to get you out of the place of purity tempted by your what weaknesses tempted by your pain that you refuse to submit to God wounds from the old I'll show that so-and-so what that you know what what happened to them when they threw me away all kinds of things like that unfinished business the things that you have never allowed to un, unhealed hurts or unmet needs or unfulfilled dreams and things that you're looking you've given up on God you don't believe for a minute anymore that that what he that he means what he says or that he said what he meant so you're going to go on and you're going to you know you're going to go on a hunt see this takes you on a hunt Driven by a sense of despair, desperation, anger, uh, entitlement, bitterness, whatever it is. A sense of doubt and a lack of trust in the words of the Almighty God. That he will keep his word. We call them promises of God. I don't think he's keeping his promises because we don't have understanding of what that means. Right? And I'm just going to tell you what he told me. A promise from God is a declaration of intent. He says precisely what he means to do, and he doesn't falter in that. So um, he is the fulfillment of his own words. This is what he's saying. And I'm not going to keep us very long because I am at a meeting and I'm getting called to stuff. But I'm planning to come back a little bit later today or maybe um, another day, I guess, and and um pull this out some more. But here's what I wanted to, I want to go on just a little further in Proverbs before I stop. Um, it says to deliver you from the way of the evil, from the man that speaks forward things or perverse things, who leaves the path of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. And so you already see that they want to entice you away from the things that God has um, for you to do. Now, here's the last part. 
um, it says whose ways are crooked and 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 forward in their path. So there's the second time that you've looked at that word. Forwardness is a very interesting word because it does really speak of perversity, but it also, and I'm not going to try to speak Hebrew today, it means a fraud, a perverse thing. It's a fraud. So they want that you, these people who rejoice to do evil and delight in the fraud, the fraudulence, the, 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 the evil, the crooked paths um, of the wicked one. They want you to go into a direction of perversity. They want you to turn aside and depart from the way of righteousness. This is what harlotry does. And we'll keep stay, we're going to stay in the Proverbs as we talk about this. I just want you to get an understanding of why you don't want to chase a man, why you don't want to hunt a woman, why you don't want to try to um, get your social media profiles with all these pictures you think are sexy because you like the way you look so everybody else will see what you look like in your underwear or without your clothes on or your shirt on or, or whatever it is. And you think that it's going to get the people that respond to that are not the ones that you want, baby. And the ones that do that are not the ones you want either. And you're going to be none of those or one of those. And it's up to you to decide how, why do you have to have the close-ups to show you looking so alluring? Why do you have to do this or that or the other? Don't you know that the, when the light of the gospel, when the light of truth, when the light of the spirit shines through you, you're already so beautiful. Your light just shines everywhere and you don't have to do it. You, you didn't have a thing to do with it. It's all him. But he says here, he wants to deliver you from the strange woman, from the stranger that flatters with words. Or boy, I'm going to tell you something. And all of the tossing and all the things that we do. And we'll go into that a little more. What I wanted to say today, though, and it took that big introduction to get there, is that's not who you want to be. When I was sharing with you the notes to self, you know, nowhere in my search did I find a scripture of a woman that was bad man and dangerous to know or a man for that. I didn't want a man like that. And I don't want to be a woman like that. And what I'm telling you is that the word of God starts to show you who you are and you suddenly don't want to be what you've been because as you read it the mirror it starts to mirror and you see am i reflecting what god said or am i reflecting something else the strange woman and we'll read later the one that that pulls you in and says come come on come and do this with me come and do that with me why well when i was in the world i was very worldly when I was in the, the, the earth without Christ, when I lived according to the standards of man without God or God only, you know, as the man upstairs who does the things that I want. When I lived that way, I was subject to the ways of the thinking and I certainly didn't pass anybody's beauty contest. And I, I, I was sometimes called a cutie pie, as I, I recall that um, from long, long time ago, you know, but why was I cute? I wasn't cute because they wanted to spend the rest of the, their lives with me. They just wanted to spend the night. Do you see what I'm saying? And I, 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 I couldn't do all of that. Even then, it was not something for me to just be trampy about it. Um, that you know, but see that there was pride there. Well, no, I'm not that one. You know, I'm not that. No, but you still would do it. Yeah, I would do it, but not with everybody. <laughs> see, because I have standards. Yeah, of course I do. But I'm still living a life of destruction now. 
it, you know, they said, well, it was sin. Well, everything I did was sin because I was without Christ. So it's not that I was sinned because I had sex. It wasn't that I, 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 I sinned because I stole. It wasn't or lied or did this or did that. A lot of things I didn't necessarily do. No, that's not why it was sin. Everything I did was sin. I even when I went to church, but I did not know Jesus. Everything I did was sin because of the absence of the light on the inside. Now, when did it really become sin for me? When I made a willful decision to go against what the Lord said of the the calling of God or the, the instructions of the Lord. You see, then it became sin and then it became iniquity and then it became all these other works of, of, of unrighteousness when I came in. But everything you do without him, everything that you do, um, be, if you are not born from above, it's a sin-filled life because this, the biggest sin, though, is if I were to leave the earth without ever being born from above. So I pray that that helps you a little bit um, to understand what I'm saying. So the bottom line of it um, for us is just to understand today. The, the only thing I really wanted to get to you, I'm sowing these words, is that the weapons that are formed, and you'll hear this again, are not to triumph or prosper. That is the kingdom mandate. And it is our honor to defend this truth by the purity of our lives, by letting this light be seen in us and to shine for us. Your minds, if they have been mired and wired to the ways of darkness, understand what Psalm 119, 130 says, that the entrance of his word will bring the light, will turn on the light. We have to let this light come forth in the darkened areas of our, our soul to abide in us and to change us. And so as we talk about male-female relationships, I guarantee you I'm not going to talk about it the way that you might have thought. I'm not going to talk about it from a gender position because frankly a lot of it is also temperament no we're going to talk about it from the inside and 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 start looking at this because i pray it's my prayer that many of you watching and joining in with us that this will lead to better healthy wholesome powerful supernatural kingdom relationships and if you're already married that this is going to take y'all to another level and if you're not yet married it's going to get you so cleaned up on the inside that you'll stop looking for the, for the thing, uh, for the person, and you'll receive from God because, and that will allow like unto light, light attracting you. You you'll be called into uh, the things, or or those things will be called to you because the bride makes herself ready, and that goes to men too because we're talking about being the bride of Christ. But this is the forerunner, and we're talking about my favorite thing, which is relationships and romance and being romanced by the spirit of God and then moving into those things with him. So for tonight, because like I said, I'm here at a conference. I'm at the Loving Unity Conference in um, um, Broken Arrow. And um, I'm missing the picture ops. Apparently they're sending me all the stuff. But at any rate, um, that's what happens. Um <laughs> So I'm attending the Loving Unity Conference, which if you go to Loving Unity Broadcast on the Facebook page, the conference starts tomorrow, Thursday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, which is um, 5 o'clock in California, and um, I think it's 8 o'clock in New York. And so you can join in there and you'll be able to see what's going on. We're here Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. 
And if whatever questions you have, please remember to post them. Please remember to uh, just to let us know. Um, it's Wednesday night, so the tithes and offerings can also come in. And I love you all so much. I want to get into this conversation more. I want to get into this as a discussion, as a as a as a as a way of hearing what the Word of God has to say, and to move into these things on His level. And so that's all I have for us tonight. Um, I love you and I'm praying for you. I pray that that this word enters in, that it starts to provoke you to think, as our apostle Dr. Baker says, and opens up your desire to understand more and to be more. I love you so much. You're gonna we're gonna get rid of harlotry. We're gonna get rid of even up in a mindset of thinking that we've got to do these things a certain way or look a certain way. Yes, you want to improve your appearance and all of that. That's all great. Okay. But there are some things that have touched us where areas of harlotry and evil have touched us to the degree that we don't see our value the way we need to and that we have not regarded purity as a thing to hold on to, but as something that remains for virgins only. And that's not the truth. So I am going to end it with that. I am Pastor Lunting Lee. Y'all know me. I love you. I love you astoundingly. And um Tides and offerings, y'all know what to do. Write your questions or make your comments. And uh, I love you. And I'll see y'all soon. Thank you.